If there's even saying that uh, special needs siblings are called the glass children because you see through them, you don't see them. When I saw this, I was like, whoa, that's in, that's, that hit me. Hey, for anybody out there who has seen the blockbuster movie, The Accountant with Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick, you're gonna be blown away by what you hear from my guest today, Mishka Seibert, as she introduces a real life, no kidding example of The Accountant on this episode of Unbeatable. These stories of triumph over adversity will help you handle your toughest days in life. You're listening to Unbeatable with Jeff Struker. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to have you on this podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me for this beautiful podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Well, the fact that you would be willing to join me all the way from Slovakia is amazing. Tell me what it's like today. What's the weather like today in Slovakia? Oh, uh, not so happy like your tone of voice. <laughs> it's very <laughs> bad. It's not good. Is it it's cold, cold and rainy and snowy over there? Yes, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the people in the warmer parts of the United States, you can sit there and say, ha ha ha, I'm sitting in the warm weather. But for many people that are listening to this podcast today, it's cold and rainy and snowy in our country as well. That's great. Hey, Mr. <laughs> we are not alike. only did you join me from many time zones away, but I just got to say this to you. Happy birthday. You joined me on your 28th birthday. Man, that means the world to me. Uh, thank you very much for your lovely birthday wish. Yes, I'm very excited. You know, I like doing things that I love on the days that is my birthday. So why not to spread some positivity and advocacy? Yeah, well, I don't know that I would do this for a birthday party, uh, you know, appear on a podcast, but thank you for spending the time with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so let's talk here. a little bit about your childhood. Um, let's talk about growing up in Slovakia. Um, describe what life was like when you were a girl um, growing up. Oh, wow. Where to start? So, well, Slovakia is an interesting country. I'm not very kind of, I'm not a patriot, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm a, I call myself world citizen because I really love right. discovering different countries and nations and cultures. Other parts of culture of select culture that I really like, um, and I like some parts of our folk traditions and stuff like that. But I'm not. But I love the most is nature. I absolutely love nature in Slovakia. That's one of the things. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, funny thing is, um, a year before I was born, I was born in '94. In '93, I uh, it was still Czechoslovakia, so Czech Republic and Slovakia mm -hmm. were together, and then they split. They had lovely divorce, very peaceful. Uh, so Czechs and Slovaks, they get along like brothers and sisters, I would say. Not when it comes to ice hockey, though. That's where we are. Uh, like, we're very, it's not good. <laughs> ice hockey, we're like, uh-uh, watch out. So yeah, but it was it was lovely. It was, you know, I have a very loving family. So I'm very grateful for them. I spent some time today with my grandparents. So uh, reminiscing the past. So it's it was lovely. Yeah. Absolutely. And did you, you love nature. So did you grow up outside or did you grow up uh, spending time outside a lot? 
Yes, um, I try to because my grandma, she actually grew up in a little village and underneath the mountains, I are mm-hmm. high Tatras mountains. So we are all, she comes from like eight children. So we have a huge family from my grandma's side. So we go to high Tatras a lot. And that's my favorite place in Slovakia. It's also the most touristy place, unfortunately. So too many people, but you know, we've got our spots. So, so yeah. it's good. So I grew up in a city, in a second largest city. Um, Košice, but um, that's where I'm right now as well. I love the city. It's very cultural, it's very beautiful and very artistic. So uh, it's our family as well. So we kind of yeah. fit in here, I would say. <laughs> but yeah, it's really lovely here. So for everybody who's planning their 2022 vacation plans, you're telling them they should come to Slovakia and go see the mountains and spend time in the cities. Is that right? Yes, definitely. Especially for foreigners, it's very affordable. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's not that much. But for, for foreigners and tourists, it's very beautiful. We also have part called a national park called Slovak Paradise, which uh-huh. is literally like a paradise of beautiful uh, waterfalls and, and, and you know, track, a hiking track. So it's beautiful. I love that Wait, place too. Did you just say that paradise is actually located in Slovakia? Because I've been looking for paradise all over the map and it's apparently in <laughs> Slovakia. Is that right? Yeah, we have a version of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would say that I wouldn't say it's everywhere, but for me, one of the paradises of uh, nature is in uh, Azores in uh, Portuguese islands. Uh, That's yeah. when I spent uh, five months last year. So for me, that was the paradise of paradises. But yeah, I would love to travel other places as well and go to other paradises, you know. Yeah, so the Azores Islands, of course, are paradise for a lot of people, especially those who love to be on the beach and see the waves come in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of waterfalls. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I couldn't help but pick up. You speak very good English, but I noticed a bit of a Queen's English accent. So you spent some time in the UK. Is that right? Yes, definitely. I used to have much uh, worse accent. I could actually like, you know, switch it on if I wanted to. <laughs> but it's it, it, yeah, because I studied um, in London at University of Westminster. And I worked at university after my uh, studies for like a year as well. So I had to be like very representable, you know, and you were representing university. So I had to really speak properly. And you know, all of that. <laughs> And have a I was just about to say, if you could turn it on, so just turn it on for us for one sentence. Tell us how to order fish and chips with the authentic accent. Oh my God. Hello, I'd love some uh, fish and chips, please. And thank you very much. And some Coke, maybe. I don't know. And yeah, that would be lovely. Thank you. I love <laughs> it. Great job. Thank you. It's not that it's not that good at all. If any Britons are listening, they're like rolling eyes and they're like, no. But I lived with some Britons and you can imagine coming home, my friends would come and be like, cup of tea, anyone cup of tea? <laughs> so there was drinking tea like 10 times, maybe a day, some of yeah. them, uh, which I don't understand, but it's it's lovely. Yeah, I yeah. love Britons. <laughs> I do too. And your accent is beautiful. Um, hey, let's talk about one of the uh, silent stars of your life, one of the most in, uh, influential people in your life. Let's talk about your brother for a second. Um, yes. Because for people that are not familiar with your name and they're not familiar with the podcast and the business that you've just started, almost all of it has some connection to your brother. Would you describe uh, growing up with Samco for a little bit? Oh, yeah. So... 
basically it's kind of like, you know, I have this saying and I realized it when I started diving deeper into mental health and trauma and talking about my childhood and realizing a lot of things from my childhood is that I call it like find purpose in your trauma is like one of those hardest things that happen in your life that happened to you that you realize, oh my God, there is something deeper. There's a deeper meaning. And I've always been kind of like deep person. I always was asking a lot of why questions when I was a child. I wanted to know all the all the answers to all the questions. So constantly, and my and my, you know, my grandparents are teachers, my grandma created faculty. So we're all kind of like very uh, educational family and very kind of people that want to know more and want, love to learn. So when my brother was two and a half years old, he was diagnosed with autism. And I, there was not much education. Like the, people didn't know anything about autism in the country. We had maybe two schools, right? In the whole country, 5.5 million people living here. To, or maybe two schools in those larger cities that are for special needs children or for people with autism. And there was like no, no books or anything like that. No therapies at all. Um, so my parents didn't know what autism is. I didn't know I was eight, nine years old. And so it was very hard and we had a lot of questions. And because I love diving deeper and finding solutions for problems, I was like, okay, let's find out, let's read books. So my parents started finding different answers in the foreign books actually, because my dad can speak English. So I said that. So, um, so it was, it was lovely, right? I mean, you were trying to find, oh, mm-hmm. lovely. <laughs> Sometimes it was lovely. <laughs> that Living we can... with autism is not always lovely. It's not always lovely, but it was lovely that we have the ability to actually speak English and find, uh, you know, uh, our resources outside of what we had at the disposal. So that was very good. And in this chaos, that was the positive thing um, that we were very passionate about learning. So I started digging deeper and finding different resources and really realized that's not much out there. So what was even worse is that, okay, first of all, there's no therapy, no help, no funding, nothing that we could actually be like, what is going on? Uh, when Sapko was diagnosed around two and a half years old, the uh, the psychiatrist told us, because she is for uh, the psychiatrist for children, she told uh-huh. us that we will have to follow the same path, the same road, the same cycle constantly every single day. And we're like, are you kidding me? So we love traveling. So Samko was already in, on a trip on holiday in Croatia when he was 10 months old before he was diagnosed. So we already were traveling with him and we were like, no, 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 it's, this is not, we're not going to follow yeah. this path. Uh, we're going to break this, this cycle. Are we going to really f- just change it every single day? So my dad was driving Samko like different roads, different ways, and he was training him to adaptability and to life really, because life is unpredictable. So uh-huh. it doesn't happen in repetitive cycles. Right. So that was the thing that my parents were already doing and they were very rebellious. They are, and that's what I love about them. They don't just follow some notebook, but they really come up with their own rules. <laughs> so that was great uh, that they did that because that really set a stone that now we were on holiday in Dubai for, for Christmas holiday with my brother. 
uh, my mom and I and my brother, and it really shows, right? We can actually yeah. travel and he loves it. Now he loves it. He really had a hard time in the beginnings, but now he loves it. So what I realized is not only I have to research and find information, I have to educate the world because in our society, people were really, really cruel. They were, you know, constantly staring at us, which happens now as well. No matter where we go, people stare at us, right? Yeah. And I realized there's never enough of advocacy for artists. There's never enough of education, of awareness, never enough, no matter where I go in the world. Um, so I constantly spread awareness. So that's what I realized. I was very angry as a child uh, because, well, I was an angry child. I was angry when it just happened, right? I was very heartbroken because I hated when someone, this precious angel that I fell in love with, I would say this this way, because honestly, I fell in love with this purity. His yeah. innocence, the yeah. fact he is such a beautiful soul. And I could see that he was just very precious. And I felt like I need to protect him constantly. And I have to fight. And I was constantly trying to fight for him, right? Be his voice. But then I realized I cannot change anything this way for being angry. I have to turn this fire into passion and, and start educating people. Um, so that is the why and the behind why I started trying to find a way how I can use social media, how I can create a business where his voice is heard in his own way, yeah. but where also my voice is heard in my own way and we can together advocate for a change. So this is what I decided to focus on. That's why this is the why behind everything I'm doing. Sure. How old were you when you started to notice things are very different with my brother and other boys his age? This is a good question because I was actually asked last time if I, well, like how do I perceive autism, right? Like how did I right. see it? Um, that my brother is nonverbal and doesn't say my name. He calls me mama. So he has two moms. Well, <laughs> I was his caregiver sister. So yes. that's like. How much know, older between, how much age between you and Samco? Nine years, nine years. Oh yeah. So you were kind of like a mama to him. Yeah, yeah. And I really like fell in love with this role of the caregiver at this age. Uh -huh. I wanted to for I remember that even we have video that when he was born two months later, uh, we had Christmas, right? Because up to three months because he was born in at the end of May, September. So and then for for Christmas, I wanted a baby doll like I wanted to use his clothes and dress the doll. And I was really in this mind. My mother instinct turned on really, really early. Um and, and we was very reinforced by the fact that I have to take care of someone because this person is not able to take care of themselves, um, which should be limited by my parents, but they were not aware right. yeah. that I took on so many other responsibilities. I was not aware of that I was doing this. They were not aware of this because obviously not education in this realm. Uh -huh. um, so it was kind of natural for me, very natural, but at the same time, I should have being asked, uh, you know, not to do so many things. I should have yeah. limits and boundaries set by my parents right. because I wasn't yeah. ready to do so. Yeah, I want to point out uh, what you just said. So you're, there's a big gap between you and your brother. You're probably a teenager when you realize something is very different about my brother. And you live in a culture and a country where there's almost no resources available to a family who has a child that's autistic. 
And now you guys really have to just figure it out on your own, which means a lot yeah. of trial and error um, means you do a few things right, but you're going to do a few things wrong trying to figure it out on your own. Is all that right? Yes, 100%. Definitely. We did many things, right, which I'm grateful for. My parents did like a lot of things, right, especially my mom. Um, but there were obviously errors that we were not aware of. But that's why yeah. I educate about them. Because I want to prevent a lot of things that I went through. Uh, and and I, I decided to change them. But there are so, so many siblings um, yeah. that I spoke to that are adults that are not able to change them or they don't have strength to change them or they're not supported enough by their parents or anyone else to change those things. So, and break the cycle of what I call the sacrifice mindset, yeah. which is your, because siblings really think that they have the mindset, this is deeper in their mind, created in their childhood, that their needs are not important um, because they are not special, right? So, oh, I don't have special needs. I don't have disability. I don't need support. I don't need anything. I'm just giving it all to my to everyone. <laughs> and they yeah. do this repeated in relationships and in any kind of relationships, even at work. Like that, I burned out multiple times in my in my in my work. I was just curious also about that my work really because I would always say yes to everything, have no yeah. boundaries, and take on everyone's responsibilities. <laughs> and some me. people who are listening are saying, "Man, you're describing me right now to a T, Mishka." Yes, I know that people can relate to this, even those that are not in autism world, special needs world, because this is a pattern that I could see and recognize that some people could relate yeah. to definitely you're touching on now something that i want to spend a little bit more time with you grew up normal and healthy but you grew up with a brother that was um, special needs and that uh placed some trauma on you and for people that didn't grow up in your home or in your circumstances can you describe a little bit more how does your brother's condition impact you because there are many who have gone through what you've gone through, something similar or maybe even something worse. So tell everybody how Samco's um, autism caused trauma for you. That's a good question because I'll tell you straight away that there are siblings that would not talk about this publicly ever. Uh, the reason why is that I was told that, oh, I don't want to share about mental health, special needs siblings. I don't want to share about my problems or anything like that because I don't want to shed a bad light on autism or on people with disabilities, special needs, because they already have it really, really bad in the society. And while I agree with the statement that they have bad, I'm also saying, okay, who will advocate for people with disabilities if there are no healthy uh, advocates? like me, like, right, I, I, for me, my number one priority is my health. That's why I always say, um, but it wasn't because I wasn't taught that it is. Yeah. I wasn't taught, you know, that my needs are important, that mental health wasn't talked about in my, in my family. Like there was a pattern that my grandma was always putting herself last, right? So my mother uh -huh. learned that as well. So it was a generational trauma. It was a generational pattern that we learn. And then it was so reinforced when I, you know, that when autism came to my life. So yeah. that thing, that problem was already there. However, when autism came, I explained to my mom one thing because she tells me, 
don't you think it was hard for me also that it, I don't have it hard when it came to her? She's like, yeah, but I have it hard also. Like I am burning out too. And I told her one thing because I'm such a geek. I will study all the cycle of this book and everything about it. So I can win the argument. All right. <laughs> so I told her, mom, fine. But there is a one difference between you and me. So when autism came into your life, you were how old? Right. And how uh -huh. old was I? Good point. Yeah. So my brain wasn't developed enough to uh, be needless. Right. First of all. Secondly, my brain wasn't developed enough to be able to say no, to put boundaries, to uh, to think critically, to think differently. Like you, you were adult. Right. So there's a completely difference. You were yeah. like 30 something and you could make those choices you had the opportunity to make that choice as an adult as a, as a parent to say okay let's do this different let's do that let's do that but you didn't and I understand this fine I understand your point but I didn't have the choice because I was a child I was a teenager I wasn't developed enough to be aware of those things and to have a say in this also you were uh, authority for me so as uh -huh. a child and teenager I will not risk losing my love of I mean your love and your care which is brain is it literally like wired in my brain from it's we are dependent on as babies and that we are not aware until the age maybe I've heard uh, that until the age of 25 that the brain yeah. is not developed for independence um so um there was like one study in West Scottish University so I was like okay fine I understand. So now I'm 20. Yay, thank God. Finally realizing all these things. But yeah. so that's why I told her. And then so she said, oh, yeah, you're right. I understand what you're saying. Because, you know, she was a, she had this kind of caretaker, caretaker, um, you know, um, pattern from child as well. She was praised for, for taking care and doing all those things and being independent. But I told her, yeah, there's a huge difference between you and me. Like autism came when I was right. 12. My brother came into Mela when I was nine uh -huh. and you were already an adult. So yeah. this is, our nervous system was different. You cannot compare that. So I was infected way, way more uh, in the fact that, you know, if there's even saying that uh, special needs siblings are called the glass children because you see through them, you don't see them because they are like invisible because they, and, and, and that one is uh, her, that was actually shared by one special needs organization. I think that on, on Instagram, I cannot remember well, but when I saw this, I was like, Whoa, that's in, that's, that hit me. <laughs> yeah. That hit me. Cause yeah, that's well, how I felt. I, I want to dwell on that with you for a moment, because for people who didn't grow up with a special needs member of their family, they may not be able to relate and what you're describing for them is not just what life was like for your for your brother, but how this impacted you. I don't think most people understand the significant trauma that it can cause to the whole family when you have a very uh, autistic uh, member of the family. And I really want them to hear or I, that I really wanted them to hear from you. This is what it was like for me. Um, because many people will, would think, well, Mishka, you're fine. Your brother's not. So why is it a big deal for you? And I, I don't know that they would understand. For Samco, he never really felt like, never really noticed that he was different. Is this correct? Yeah, maybe, you know, the thing is, it's, I 
what I think, I cannot read his mind, of course. I can just read the signals he's sending me. That's uh-huh. one of the things I talk about also, the nonverbal signals and the fact that I learn a lot through from him about nonverbal communication because nonverbal communication, we use a lot of it, right? Gestures and tonality and all those different signals and motion and so on and so on. So I, I really had to learn how to nav- navigate his communication his way and communicate with him. So I can really notice things that my parents cannot, especially uh-huh. like because I pay so much attention to it and because I was trained, as I say, in it since childhood because yeah. I really wanted to connect with him um so I was just like like obsessed I was like trying to find the cues right the parents are doing the same they're trying to find the cues but as a child it's I feel like because you don't have so many duties and responsibilities as you know like on in your mind you're not thinking of like oh what I'm gonna do at 3 p.m and 5 p.m when I'm gonna cook cook lunch or whatever you're really focusing on those things obsessively maybe even um depends (laughs) I'm kind of like listening but yeah it's so there are pluses and there are minuses on the street. I actually have an episode on our podcast called Highs and Loves of Being a Special Needs um, uh, Sibling or Caregiver. I don't remember. Sorry, <laughs> the name of my episode. But it's something like Highs and Lows because I want to really show both sides. I don't want to yeah. just say like, oh my God, my brother is so amazing and I love him so much, which is true. I love him the most. He's my, I call him my soulmate, my best friend, uh-huh. my best partner in crime. He, We are just... We are, I just adore him so much. We have amazing relationship, but that relationship is amazing because I worked on my trauma because I yeah. worked on healing it. So I don't feel resentment because as soon as I feel resentment, as soon as I feel overwhelmed and burned out, yeah. I, I start blocking him and I can feel that because I'm so overwhelmed and I'm just like, dude, just, just leave me alone. I'm so yeah. tired. I cannot yeah. do the same thing for 19 years. And then you feel those resentments. So he is aware. I didn't want him to feel like a burden. Uh-huh. So that is a thing. And I can see it. I can see. So if you're asking, does he know that he's different? I can see that he knows that not everyone accepts him. He can feel that. He knows exactly which person doesn't accept him. Uh, even within family, fully, wholly, um, maybe extended family. I'm not going to say who, but. He can sense it. He can sense yeah. how you perceive him. He can yeah. sense people on a very deep level. So when you meet him, he can come to you and just give you hugs straight away. He's very affectionate, very, very affectionate. But he can feel the love that I have for him. So people see that always he's hugging me and kissing me because he can sense it. He can sense it on a deeper level. He feels yeah. that. So if people say that autistic people are not empathetic, that's not true. He's very yeah. empathetic. Um, and also... I, I can see when he feels uh, sad or low and uh-huh. when he sees that my mom and I are burning out or we are like very tired. So I have this very, very honest conversations with my mom and I tell her, I don't want him to feel like a burden, but right. we, we have to be those people that say, yes, well, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to ask for help. So he doesn't feel like a burden because then that is the feeling I don't want him to have. And I had it as well as a child because I felt that yeah. my needs are burden, right? So I know what it feels like and I don't want him to feel like that. And I don't want to feel like that. So if I'm saying that, does he know that he's different? He can see. Um, I, I think he knows definitely because from how people perceive him. Yeah. Well, um, 
you just described a phrase I've never heard before in my life. I, I want the listeners to understand the idea of being a glass child where people see through you because all of the focus in the family goes to the special needs child. Or when you're traveling on holiday, like you just described, everybody around you automatically focuses on your brother, which means you almost disappear right in front of everybody. And I'm really, yes. really excited that you created this Happy Autism Podcast. Hey, for everybody who's listening, go out and check out Mishka's podcast. It's called Happy Autism Podcast. Most people never put the words happy and autism together. Um, but what I really want folks to hear from just a second is you had to learn how to overcome fear because just having a brother that's, that has those kind of needs, it created some fears in you. So how did you learn to overcome fears and now using your podcast to over, help others overcome fear? Um, well, that is a lifelong journey, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Yep. Lots of people that still is. working on that. I am too. Me too. Me too. Um, that's why, um, and I've just started learning, like, if I can shout out someone that I'm obsessed with as a work uh, that he's putting out, his name is Mastin Kip. And he was praised by Oprah as well. And he is trauma infant practitioner and he's literally talking a lot. He's so smart that I just love when someone is so much smarter than I am. Right. And I can learn everything from this person. So I'm just like, just like give me all the content of all knowledge. Um, and I've like realized that, you know, I thought that it's like limiting beliefs and all those kind of things. And he said that limiting beliefs are trauma responses. So that means that each time we, those parts that are, heartbroken or hurt or wounded like an inner child like I actually did a lot of inner child healing work uh, even with people yeah. um, clients but on myself a lot because that's what saved my life um, if I can say it this way because I faced near-death experience shortly after my birthday uh, when I was 25 so in 2019 and it was because of the patterns that I were installing me I was like oh I shouldn't ask for help no I shouldn't have needs and then I had doctor that you know, I really like was respected and he uh -huh. was doing surgery of my tooth and I, I stood up for myself and that really hurt his ego. Um, and then he refused to treat me with antibiotics and originally wrote lice into my, uh, into my document. Yes. And he wrote lice, um, that I'm fine and everything's fine, but I had huge infection and then two other doctors backed him up. So my mom was like, what is going on? Why you're suffering? And I was like, oh no, it's he's, he's might be right, right? He must be his authority. I have to listen to authority. And and I, I you know, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm suffering. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't sleep. I ate 45 to 50 uh, painkillers because I was constantly in pain. Wow. And it was just the worst week of my life. And and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I have constantly like swallowed part of my head and it was just really bad. So that doctor was like really educated person. And I, as I told you, I really respect someone that is educated, but there was pattern in me that I didn't recognize that it was so strong in yeah. me that says, oh, your needs are not important. So whatever, you know, so not even my life is important, right? <laughs> not my health. It's like not. So I'm saying it jokingly, but it wasn't funny <laughs> at the time. Yeah, And what happened is my mom was really like, no way, like this is not happening. She, she saw, she knows mother instinct, mother intuition. She's like, mm -hmm. we're going to different city. 
So she, we went to a different city. We went to different doctors. And she called my grandma's like, because my grandma knows many doctors. Yeah. And she's like, you have to take her to really good doctor. We had to, we went to a private one. And he was like, wow, you have to go to hospital, like our hospital. You really? have to have a surgery because you have to be cut on your neck. And because you're, that's like the infection is so high. It's, you could die. Um, wow. So the infection levels were so high that, that if it went to brain or my, uh, my heart, I would die immediately. So uh, I had surgery that night. And, um, and that's why I'm saying that inner child therapy work saved my life. Because yeah. if I was repeating those patterns constantly and not being aware of them, and not changing them and working on changing them, then I would constantly repeat those patterns. I would constantly burn out. I would, I would, I would risk my life multiple times as the way yeah. I would not ask for help. And, and I just started saying, well, this is crazy. So I started digging deeper and after doing research and I started talking to other adult siblings that are my age, <clears throat> women, especially, yeah. um, because we have that mother instinct, I feel even stronger, but I, um, that's not research based, <laughs> but I started just yeah. talking to them. And what I found out is that I was listening to my story set through different, um, from different sites. And I felt like I'm listening to myself multiple times, no matter whether that was a girl from Serbia or America or mm -hmm. like whichever country, India, like the same story. So I started like writing all this research down and I started sharing those things. Um, obviously, like that is my, I would say, qualitative research. I'm not <laughs> some doctor or, yeah. or anything yeah. like that, but I'm a huge advocate and I really want to say, say things and share through my story, those information that really people need to know because right. if I experienced this, if I wasn't here for my brother or for my mom and I wanted to live, right? But then I realized... Yeah. If God, if I had this kind of moment where I was thinking I was peace, I had peace with my mm -hmm. death, death. It was really, really, really strange. Like I'm about to die. Yeah. Right. So my mom literally said, "Like, wow, you sound like you're about to die. Like you're so peaceful, surrendered." And I was praying a lot at the time, and I was like, "God, like you know, I want to help this world. So yeah. what is happening? Like I can't just like let it go." Um, but I was just like, okay, um, there is a reason why this happened. And I have yeah. kind of this person, believer of this thing that everything happens for a reason. I know that that is maybe cliche, but I really find meaning in things, always trying to find meaning in things, uh -huh. what I can learn from that. Um, and that was for me really big aha moment when I started realizing those patterns. Yeah. So yeah. And I said, well, I need to advocate for this and talk about this openly on podcasts, even though it's very hard. Like yeah. I cried on podcasts. Okay. So this is <laughs> not like, it's not like I was like so happy. And so like, yeah. And, and yes, the name you said really well, that happy and autism together, there is a, there is a meaning behind it, obviously. Yeah. And the fact is we want to be manifestation or like the dream uh, that our whole business is built this way that people that our community, they can see the possibility that it is possible to live a healthy and happy life with an autism family, even though you have to do steps together. Right. It's not ideal. Nothing is perfect. Yeah. But, you know, people with autism can have a happy life. Families can have a happy life. But also it's not that it's just like kind of like happy. It's like everything's perfect, but more like 
acceptance. Sure. More like peaceful and more like we're going to get through anything because we're in this yeah. together and we are resilient and we know how to, we have tools. So my passion is to educate people. Um, and I'm actually working on a course as well with my brother uh-huh. um, on healthy special needs sibling relationship on all this ability mindset that I teach and, and do workshops on them. So in, in, in companies and so on, because I really want people to see that this is the problem, but there is a solution also. Right. We're going to come back to that ability mindset that you just mentioned a second ago. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But I want to I want to uh, um, applaud you, uh, Mishka, for being willing to stand up for yourself. Because if you were one of those glass children that everybody looked through you, then your problems are not that big of a deal. You just grew up uh, al- always realizing that that I'm not uh, as much of a focus and don't have as much attention on me as on my brother. And the moment that you stand up for yourself, what you just described to, to the listeners is it all blows up in your face. It all backfires on you and it gets actually much more difficult. I'm thrilled that you're doing this happy autism podcast and you're trying to help others start to stand up for themselves start to develop a stronger relationship um, between uh, siblings that uh, where there's autism and that you're, you're helping people deal with their fears and no longer be invisible or the see-through people because of the family that they just happened to be born into. Um, I'm really thrilled that you're doing that. And I'm proud of you for doing that. Now you just used the phrase, um, and I'm going to take this phrase and just shamelessly run with it because you talked about mental agility. That's kind of what I just heard you say. And on this podcast, I try to do every episode, a little segment that I call the high five. It would be like slapping high fives, except for this high five would be all the way from the United States to Slovakia. Um, But I want to talk about mental agility for a a moment and just talk about like my five most important lessons that I learned about mental agility. And for all of the folks that are listening to this podcast right now, and you don't understand mental agility, it's becoming the kind of person that Mishka is describing, where you don't wallow in your pity and allow your circumstances to determine your future, that you recognize what's going on around you. You don't ignore it, but you also don't allow it to determine your future. And it takes a bit of mental muscle to not get worked into a knot and to not get um, allow your circumstances to hold you back. And I call that muscle mental agility. So I got this high five segment I want to do with you right now, Mishka, and it is just my top five mental agility lessons that I've kind of learned going through some hardships along the way. Nothing like you, but gone through a a tough uh, circumstance or two along the way. And number five on my list is to remember not to listen to your heart. You know, all of that uh, popular statements out there that tell you, listen to your heart, let your heart tell you what to do. Well, if you let your heart tell you what to do, and you've gone through the kind of childhood that Mishka has gone through, your heart is going to tell you you're not important. Your brother is just stay silent, shut up and don't stand up for yourself. So I'm going to tell the listeners who grew up like you did, don't listen to your heart, stand up for yourself. That's number five on the list. 
Number four on the list is to be willing to think of yourself instead of only thinking about your brother or that special needs person in your family, because all of the focus all of the time naturally goes to them. It's understandable that it goes to them. But if you're not careful, all of your focus will go to your brother. And then you're not thinking about yourself. No one else is thinking about yourself. And that starts to go down a difficult or a dangerous road really quickly. Would you agree? Yes. All right. So number three on my list, and this is good advice for everybody, whether you grew up with a special needs person in your family or not, don't take yourself too seriously. Hey, let's be honest. Life gets really, really hard, really fast when you have a special needs family member. Um, and you can get really serious all of the time and never have any fun. And number three on my list is don't take yourself so seriously. Give yourself room to make mistakes and to mess up and even have, uh, you know, make light of some of your mistakes and your failures. Don't get down on yourself every time things don't go the way that you want them to go. Here's no number two on my list. And this is really important, I think, for everybody at the start of a new year. Hey, don't listen to what everybody has to say about you this year. Don't listen to the comments that they say about you on social media. Don't believe all of the things that people think about you or they say about you. Don't even give it a whole lot of thought or a whole lot of attention this year. Because if you do, what you're going to end up is you're going to end up trying to live your life so that others think good about you instead of living your life so that you're happy with the life that you live. And number one on my list, here it is. You've already mentioned this. In fact, um, it was almost exactly from you, but I already had this on my list. And that is life is going to throw you some unexpected uh, circumstances. So if you really want to be ready for the future and mentally agile, expect unexpected. Be willing and ready and have space for the unexpected in your life because it's coming. That's my top five. I'm giving you this high five. I'm proud of the way that you've not let your circumstances keep you in this glass child or this see-through person, um, you know, mindset all the way up until 28 years old, Mishka. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk about one of my favorite go-to movies right now. I can watch this movie every time it comes on, uh, streaming services, I will inevitably just get stuck when the movie, when I'm flipping through the channels, it's the movie, The Accountant with Ben Affleck. This uh, autistic um, boy who ends up having some pretty incredible, both math skills and pretty incredible skills as a shooter, a fighter, if you haven't seen the movie, The Accountant, you gotta go watch the movie, The Accountant. But I'm telling yeah. everybody about the movie, The Accountant, because you and your brother have a connection to Ben Affleck and the movie, The Accountant. I can't wait for everybody to hear how. Describe your brother's connection to Ben Affleck. Oh my God, yes. I'm glad that you mentioned it. It's um... I'll be honest it's with you. one of my go-to first... movies. I can watch it every time it comes on. It's so good. I love it. Uh, the first time we saw it with my mom, we were like, who 
hmm, and then we watched it again. We're like, yeah, we're loving it. We're really, really, really loving it. Um, it's, it's. I love that they showed the truth. You know, the beginning, and there were some things that the the, the you know some characters said about. Okay, what is normal? Define normal. It's like your child will never be normal, but define right. normal, right? That is that was very strong. I loved it. So Ben Affleck. Okay, so when I was saying about I wanted to advocate for my brother and bring more awareness because I was so I was so heartbroken, right? That people are not an understanding, you know, um, that his precious way of expression, mm-hmm. right? His own ways of expression that he starts like dancing or said some words that people don't understand but yeah that's him right so why should people be cruel to him because he's different we're all different in you know Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we're all unique in our own way and I wanted to show people how amazing my brother is I actually wanted to the world to see my brother through my eyes um through my eyes as a sister who loves him dearly and who knows him who enjoys these little quirks because I feel that I can be myself around him the most I feel like I can be so free around him that he accepts me the way he is that he doesn't judge me so that's what I really loved about him and I wanted to celebrate that that freedom of self-expression and when he was around 12 years old he started going to art therapy at his school and then when he brought uh paintings from that from school the like really big ones uh we were like wait what my brother is painting he doesn't know how to draw he doesn't know how to hold a pen or how to write or how to read how to do so many things he doesn't know how to count like right Ben in a movie was amazing at math but my brother didn't know any of that right my brother had so many would say disabilities like he was Uh not able to do so many things so how comes he's able to like paint um we were really shocked and we were just like, oh, like mind blown by this. And when we saw, and it kind of like something lit in me because I had a feeling, I'm such a believer. I was like Mm -hmm. in dreams and big things. I felt like my brother, he's going to be either model because he's so beautiful and handsome. (laughs) He's going to have some job in his world. I know it. No, it doesn't matter. He's got his, it doesn't matter. He's vulnerable he's gonna issue something I just knew that and I wanted to make it happen so when I saw those paintings I said wow the world must see this how can he how can the world see it if we start selling the paintings well it's not that we do but it's not the same as what if everyone could have access to my brother's art what if we turn it into clothing like hoodies and t-shirts that people wear and this way they could have a conversation starter. Like, oh, this is cool. What is this? This hoodie is cool. Oh, it's by an autistic guy called Sanko. Oh, really? People with autism can do this? Yeah, they can. So that was the idea I had behind this. I wanted uh-huh. to start a conversation. I wanted to spread awareness. And I wanted my brother to be seen and show people what amazing things people with autism are able to do, even though they have this invisible disability, they can be seen through this ability. So that was the idea that I had behind this. And I just came to my friends who were like influencers, YouTubers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, like, I have this idea. What do you think? And they said, oh, we're going to help you out with the merch. Like, we have this guy who's doing the merch in Slovakia. So he's doing our merch. So go ahead. Like, he's the content. Do it. And then 
you know, I met my friend who's a press journalist because I lived in London and studied uh-huh. media to reproduction. So I had a friend from Slovak media that came to do press into his Hollywood actors and, and artists and so on and went to red carpets. And he was the most, like, he was the busiest person in the world. Trust me, he would fly to from Slovakia to Prague to LA to Vienna to London, like within two weeks, maybe. Like he was wow. just, oh, yeah. yeah, he was he was like the go-to person for Czechoslovakian uh, media. So I was just like, I mean, Czechoslovak, right? Czechoslovakian. So anyway, so he was like super busy. And we met maybe a few times in our whole life because he was always busy. So he just messaged me and he's like, hey, I'm in London. What are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm really busy with all the work and craziness, obviously, right? Burning out. <laughs> Huh. I was edit, edited, I was burning out at the time. I was already burning out when he mentioned me, when he, when he called me. So he's like, hey, um, I want to take you to a red carpet premiere of Beatles documentary. And I'm like, what? Like, why? Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, me? That's about as why big me? as it gets. Yes. Next to Paul McCartney. Like, yeah, I'm just like, yeah. why am I next to Paul McCartney? And then Madonna appeared suddenly. And I was just like, she just passed me. And then I met my favorite uh, actress, Helena Bon Carter, at Toilets, right? Of course. <laughs> <You're> just like, <laughs> awesome. As you do, right? So it's like, yeah. don't look at her because she's walking out of toilets. Like, don't, don't stare. Do not stare at anyone. <laughs> just pretend you're not there. Be the glass child right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we can joke about this. So basically, I was just like all around. I was like, what's happening? I don't know why I'm here. I have no idea. What's the God's plan here? Like, I should not be here. Okay. I'm not mm-hmm. BBC. I just graduated from my university. I, I'm not even working in the industry yet right i'm just like doing some jobs but now no big name so i was just there and but before we went there my friend we were just like went for uh baguette we just had some quick snack and he's like yeah so what are you doing i was like you know i just have this idea i'm working on it's just you know my brother has autism and he's such a talented artist and i want to show the world what people with autism are able to achieve i just told him my mission statement which is my biggest passion you can see and I just told him the story, like two sentences. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's cool. You know, he's not really sh- the person that yeah. talks too much. He's more action taker. He's like, yeah, that's cool. Then like two, three weeks later, I just got a message. He's like, yo, Mishka, um, I need free t-shirts. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, we're about to launch it, right? We haven't even started uh-huh. selling those t-shirts. They're not even made. Like they have just samples. And he's like, yeah, but I need them like in four days. Like he messaged me on Sunday and he's like, I need them by Thursday. And I will live in a different cities. Yeah. And I'm like, the, the, the guy that makes them, he lives in different cities. So I'm just like, well, it takes some time to make and ship it. I'm like, okay, I'll try my best, but can I ask for who that is? Right. And he's like, yeah, I'm doing an interview with Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick because Ben is playing uh, autistic characters. Yeah. So uh-huh. you know that I love giving gifts to uh, actors and celebrities so i would love to give him something meaningful personal so i need t-shirts for him and for myself so i was like okay i had time maybe to freak out maybe two minutes because i had to take action right Right. (laughs) so i was like oh my god okay fine Uh, so i just had to really quick send a quick message to this guy and he had like hey tibor listen like we need to make t-shirts for ben affleck like now 
like right now and he's like okay okay I'm gonna ship it I'm gonna do it we're gonna make it I was like finger crossed then the t-shirts will be made within four days and shipped to this television center where Boris works so it happened and then Boris was quiet and he was like quiet because he's busy of course and then he Uh messed I I was like hey what's happening is it did it work out I was like yeah it's gonna be on television it's gonna be on two cha- on two shows in our television, national TV, and it's gonna be my YouTube channel. It was amazing. And then he showed, and I cried. You know, I just saw yeah. this, and I was like, "Wow, yeah." It was praised right, by Ben, so and I just got to tell everybody my one of my go to movies with Anna Kendrick and Ben Affleck is about autism, but it's also about this. The subplot of this movie is this incredible piece of art by Jackson Pollock. And your brother, Samco, starts to create like modern day Jackson Pollock art, which you have the vision to turn into a line of apparel. And your apparel ends up being worn by Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick. You're standing next to Paul McCartney on the red carpet. You're going to the bathroom with, uh, with Helen Bonham Carter. You are already becoming a celebrity because your brother, Samco, is becoming a star a few minutes into this broadcast, I mentioned Samco as kind of the co-star of this episode. He really is becoming a star because of his art and the apparel that you guys are making. Yes, and I'm worried on me right now. Yeah, so, let's yes. just go ahead and stand up and show everybody. For the people that are listening, you're going to miss out. But for the YouTubers and the Twitchers, thank you for wearing the shirt and repping your brother's uh, art right now. It looks beautiful. Um, that purple hoodie that you're wearing that's rocking your brother's art um, looks great. So let's say people want to know about this art. They want to buy an original painting by him or they want to buy a hoodie or a shirt. Where do they find it? Yes, um, I just wanted to say shout out to my brother. I made him a creative director within our business as a role, which means he had to make decisions because I wanted him to have responsibilities and be as partners in this. So yes, he chose this color. And we have All a whole right. documentary about this journey and how we did that. It's called Road to Independence. And it's on our YouTube channel. It's on our Instagram, IGTV. So you can check it out. It's four part, a short mini series because my background is in TV and filmmaking and stuff. So yeah, of course I had to do it. Um, so you can see all about this. You can see even my brother's reaction to Ben reacting to my brother. That's cool. <laughs> The reaction chain. So check it out on our uh, Instagram at Happy Autism, and we have website uh, happyautism.co/menu, um, which is the shorter version for Instagram. You can basically see all the links there, and yeah. you can check it out. So your brother almost is like the the modern equivalent of Ben Affleck in the movie the accountant he i don't know if he has the shooting and the fighting skills but he definitely has all of the rest of the skills that ben affleck has and you're kind of andrick anna kendrick is what i'm hearing you say except for you guys are brother and sister instead of you know working together yes yes they have really lovely relationship i love them I want to say, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up in just a second. I want to give you a chance to give some practical advice to people. But before we do that, I just got to compliment you, Mishka. Many people that have lived with special needs in their house became the glass children that everybody sees through. They would have allowed their circumstances to just dictate their future. It would have held them back, not just their whole childhood, but it would be continuing to hold them back. And you've done something beautiful. You called your brother a beautiful soul. 
You've taken your brother's skills and abilities, which you could see and others couldn't, and you turned it into something amazing that's getting international attention because of your vision to let the world see how beautiful your brother is, some of the skills that your brother has. And I just really want to applaud you for it, um, for helping the world to see what you can see in Samco. I love how, what you, how you said it. So thank you yeah. very much. I am really touched and grateful to be part of this conversation. I, I can't help but think in this podcast, there's a wife who has a husband that has some unique needs. There's a mother who has children that have some special needs. There are brothers and sisters that have lived through exactly what you're going through. There's a husband who's struggling with this right now, and they don't really know how to be healthy and uh, you know, try to not let it hold them back. So can you just, as we wrap up today, can you give them one practical piece of advice for somebody who's living with special needs like you've been living with special needs? What would you, what would you say to them? Yes, take a moment to breathe because in this life, and I had just problem and I realized that I, we, we, mom and my, I, my mom and I were running out of breath many times. And we know that one thing we literally tell each other, the one thing is to stop and take a deep breath because that's going to bring oxygen to your brain. That's going to calm you down and you're going to be present. And the moments of presence is so, so, so important because it's really important to slow down and have the moment and connect with yourself in this way and connect with your body and realize that you exist, right? You are here. You are right here right now. So when you actually breathe, you are in your body and you're not in your head and running, running, thinking about someone else. That is the thing, how you can connect yourself and realize that you're not a glass child, you're not a glass person, you are visible and you are here and you are and you do exist. So that yeah. is what I would say. Wow. Thank you for your advice. And Mishka, uh, I just want to wrap this episode up by saying thank you for giving the listeners to the Unbeatable podcast a gift on your birthday. You gave us a birthday gift of sharing your story of how you turned your trauma into a mission to help others and how you and Samco are influencing people all over the world. I'm so proud of you. Thanks for being on this episode. Thank you very much for inviting me and having me here. And it was such a pleasure being here. Yeah. Well, I'll see you later. <laughs>
Yes, definitely. I'll share it on our stories and everywhere because people love watching our stories. Uh, but if you also have any, and I don't know, clip or kind of a graphic or anything, I can share that too also. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll do that. Happy birthday. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your evening. What little you have left there in Slovakia. I hope you have a great night. Thank you very much, Jeff. And thank you for this opportunity with such a lovely conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. We'll see you. All right, for all of the glass children out there who have somebody in your family that is special needs and you feel like you've been see-through for a lifetime, I hope what you heard from Mishka today really encourages you. I hope it helps you to stand up and to speak out and to become a person that people take notice of, not just the special needs person in your family. Hey, wasn't Mishka amazing? I want to just encourage you. Would you slow down and take a breath when you're feeling overwhelmed today? Would you take Mishka's advice when you feel overwhelmed and about to be beaten in 2022? If you're catching this broadcast for the first time, if you're new to this podcast, I want to encourage you, would you go ahead and follow us on social media? You can find us pretty much everywhere. Just search at Unbeatable Podcast. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast source, would you rate us and tell everybody what you think about this episode today? I also want you to know that when I was in the army, I tried to help warriors get through some struggles in life. I created this survival guide to help people be unbeatable when life becomes unmerciful. If you want this survival guide, it's totally free and available to the unbeatable army. All you gotta do is just simply go to my website, jeffstruker.com. It's linked below or just go to unbeatablearmy.com and I will give you this free survival guide. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I hope you have a great week. I'll see you right back here next time. God bless.